When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Here we go. It's because I'm a cool breeze, though, that's why. <laughs> Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Rampernard. A couple of great guests coming up, including Timmy Lambert, joining us right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. When in June? Uh, 14th, I think. <clears throat> oh, big shot. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Okay, we're going to do a little time shift here because we're recording this on Thursday the 30th. Yes. But tomorrow is the 1st of May, and we're going to play the spot on the very famous KQRS morning show. Yeah. Won't that be exciting? I don't think there's any question about it. It really kicks May and uh, on a good note. My old boss, Ted Turp, had a saying, hey, hey, the 1st of May, and I can't repeat the rest of it. Why not? <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. Anyway. Is it a word um, that rhymes with May? Uh, I'll tell you later, really. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> or, Ted, if you're listening, call in. Anyway, um, April started out just horribly. We were down, boy, 60% year over year, and then the last week or so, what, what, 10 days, we're, we're still down, but about 25%, which is which good. This Walzer to You thing is working where we can sell you cars online and service your cars by picking them up at your house. Uh, Melissa did that, and it's pretty cool. So it seems to be popular. It's stuff that we're going to keep going. Uh, we're expecting to get the new specials for May announced uh, probably by the end of the day. There were some really heavy incentives in April that did drive new car business. Don't know if they're going to continue them or not, but you could check later at walzer.com. I tell you what, what could be better than that? May and Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Look at that. Okay, now we're not playing this on KQ. I can tell you the rest of the... <laughs> hey, hey, first of May, outdoor effing starts today. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <clears throat> We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Sprinthal in studio. We got to open up with a little a little Babylon B. Doug Sprinthal's fault that I even know about it in the first place. Catherine has become a huge fan of the Babylon B. Uh, there's some pretty damn good ones today, ladies and gentlemen. California establishes official fun police. <laughs> there will be no no fun of any kind. Introvert misses good old days when people didn't video call him all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I don't get this one. Food supplier disaster is averted as Chick-fil-A um, miraculously feeds entire nation with just five chicken sandwiches and two waffles. Well, it's you don't get a, that? It's a the Bible. Fish, but it's yeah. a Bible reference. Well, it's fish. fish right. and, and well, loaves. Chick-fil-A is super Christian. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's I fish forgot about loaves, that. So. They have oh, like yeah. Bible verses on the bottom of their cups or something. Wait, that's do? almost as bad as I screwed up Fred Lynn and Jim <laughs> Rice last week and forgot which one was black. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I was going to say Chick-fil-A is like it's known for being Christian. Although if we don't have, like, what's the closest one? I hit the button and then it doesn't do it. Yeah, nice try, Andy. There's one in uh, 494 in Penn. Oh, well. I don't know if there's one closer. Not exactly close, but hey. What, Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know where there's one by my. Well, we just moved into the neighborhood three weeks ago, so I'm still tracking stuff down. But my God, do I love the, all the restaurants in our neighborhood. Do you really? Good. We're, I mean, it's convenient to everything. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, Golden Valley was all about isolation. There's no doubt about that. Living on the back of an island. Yeah. Uh, you know, not close to but really you were, anything. You were a 10-minute drive from downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, we're Fair number of good downtown, places yep. to eat there, or at yeah. least there used to be. But, I mean, yeah. That, well, that, <laughs> exactly. At least there used to be. So I have a question for you. So I don't understand the thinking of people, and that's why I do think, and I'm not talking about Republicans or Democrats here. I'm talking about about cults. Because the far right and the far left, they're, they're, well, those are cults. That's mm-hmm. not a religion. I would argue, yes. <clears throat> I mean, honest to God, I don't understand how Christians suck because some of them have a belief that you shouldn't be able to get abortions or whatever. Not all of them. Matter of fact, I would guess 99% of Christians don't believe that's true. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. The vocal Christian seems to be the right. You don't hear much from the liberal Christians, and there's tons of them. No, you don't. Oh, there's tons and tons and tons of them, yeah. So I don't know for sure but uh, I I have a hard time believing that that Muslims are pro-abortion. Uh, I think not. they tend to be pretty conservative. Yeah, yeah. You know, big family value deal. I, I know I know some Somalis and stuff, and the elders yeah, right. are not big fans of uh, Ms. Omar, and you know, no, they're not dumping her husband and carrying around with a white guy. That right. That's not playing well in the conservative Muslim community in the cities. But explain to me the difference between a Christian and a Muslim then. They both believe in God, one well, God, you know, one's all th- Allah. All three religions come from They're Abrahamic. Abraham. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So they're really closer than... They are. You know, and, and you see posts like, uh, there's only one Messiah and his name isn't Allah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. No, that's not quite exactly right. Allah is the Arab word for... For God, for God, yeah. and Arab Christians use Allah, and Arab Jews do, and there's plenty of them. But explain to me, if you're not a cult member, how you in your own head can't say, what's the difference between believing in Allah or believing in God? There is no difference. It's yeah. little things, you know. Like what? It's it's less about, they all believe in the same God, and there's no really contention about that. Right. It's, it's more just like, you know, to the Jews, 
the Old Testament word is law. Right. To the Christian, the New Testament word is law, and there's a lot of conflict there. And then yeah. to the Muslims, the um, Quran is law. But what I understand is you you dislike Christians. Matter of fact, get to the point, you hate Christians, but you love Muslims. What's the difference? Yeah, I know. They're, they're more similar well, yeah, than they are different. Absolutely. In fact, if you read the Quran, and I haven't read the whole thing, but there's a section in there where they're raving about the Virgin Mary. Right. So I don't really understand how in your own brain you can get around, oh, I could support this religion that doesn't believe in abortion or does believe in God, but not the other one. It's like, what? That makes the and look, I, you do what you do. I, I don't have an opinion. Uh, about I never took part in an abortion in my life, therefore I shouldn't get an opinion, and I don't have an opinion about abortion. I, I was never involved in an in, in abortion, so I don't know, right? Um, yeah, I get it. So I, I'm trying to figure out when we'll get back to some reality here where you and I are exact. You and I could be twin brothers, but the cults on the far right and the far left would love you and hate me. Well, remember the Civil War? Brother yeah. killing brother? Yeah, it's true. That's just kind of how it goes. It's a cult thing, though. I am 100% convinced that's a cult. Well, yeah, of course. No doubt about it. Speaking of cults, the cult of Lammers. Bill, cult Bill of Gates. Lammers. He's trying to kill us all. Does that make any sense to you at all? Look, first of all, I never thought I'd see the day Timmy Lammers and Doug Sprinthal and Andy Bernard. I never, ever thought I would see the day where the mayor of New York would call... For rounding up the Jews. I know. Like, what? It's complete insanity. It's insane is right. Are you crazy? I have some friends that are Jews that live in New York, yeah. and they're pissed at the Orthodox Jews. Oh, I know. They're not happy with them at all. I know. I understand that. But you don't, if you're a Warren Wilhelm, yeah. is your real name, you shouldn't be talking about rounding up the Jews. The, op- just, oh, the optics God. aren't great. What is wrong with that idiot? I mean, he is a moron. Hey, you know, just a little off topic on the topic of cults. Yeah. Uh, it's new on Netflix, um, but I didn't see it when it aired as a series. But our friends, our local friends, John, Eric, uh, the Dowdle brothers from uh, the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. uh, Drew, they directed the, uh, the uh, miniseries Waco. Which is oh, about I David Koresh. I heard that's phenomenal. I just yeah, downloaded the six episodes from, from, from our, our neck of the woods, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, Catherine brought that up. She said, we got to start watching Waco. Yeah. It's just started on Netflix, and I haven't seen it yet. But uh, when, you, when I heard you talking about cults the other day, I thought, gosh, it, that David Koresh thing, that looks fascinating. But then it got on to something really legitimate about uh, the far right and the far left cults. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did it really? Yeah, what you were talking about no, I know. politically. You know, no, I, I, I can't take it. Well, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Vargas has a, a series on called Cults and the Something Beliefs. I can't remember what it's called. She she interviews people who have been Jehovah's Witnesses and they've been, you know, Scientologists. Scientologists mm-hmm. on that whole deal. And she's looking at all of those. And I said. These are the far left and the far right. We got the same people. They just have a different name. They claim to be Democrats and Republicans, but they're not. They're not even close. Well, there should be a third axis that's just lust for power. Yes, because they'd love to be because in that that's party. really you know, but it's not really left or right. It's just you want power, and you know, it depends on how you try to get it. Because people who do that don't actually really 
often believe in anything the far the like the left or the right wing right. espouse. It's not like you know, people who start movements like that. They're not doing it because they really want to get the word out that you know socialism is fantastic or you know the free market right. is god. They just want power and they know that saying those things will get them power. I know it's not a very popular opinion, but I don't think anybody under 28 should be allowed to vote. I agree. <laughs> the brain's not the fully brain, formed yet. So the brain fully forms? Yeah. I've been agreeing with exactly. that since I was like 18. <clears throat> Look, man, you had me voting when I was 18. Well, I, I didn't vote when I was 18 because I was still 21. Matter of fact, it changed to 18 on my 21st birthday. What do you think we of that act? Voting used to be 21. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, I didn't know that's that. like the 20 somethingth Amendment, 29th or something. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's because you can go to a war, but you can't vote. Right, now, which is it, it's a valid two, point. It is. I don't know that it is. Well, I mean, I guess that is the question. It's like, you know, they say, oh, you can't buy alcohol, but you can go to war. But in, in, in an 18-year-old going to war is basically just doing what they're told the entire time. Yeah, An 18-year-old's not going to be, like, heading a platoon or anything. No, that's very true. <laughs> so, well, and the other thing is, too, my doctor, my primary physician one time... We're saying, and I'm sure you guys know this already, um, there's just no fear in an 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. They all think they're invincible. That is very, Right, exactly, very true. and that's why, you know, being drafted at that age, or at the time there was a draft, that was part of the reason. And that's also why it's so dangerous to give them things like alcohol. Yeah, it is. Because they think, oh, I can handle that second bottle of vodka. And, and I'm here to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember yeah. being 11 years old hitting the bottle. So, you know. That's an early good. start. It is an early You're start. You're an overachiever. Cigarette smoking and drinking alcohol at 11 years old. Yeah, I started smoking, I think, when I was 12. It was a total Huck Finn deal. Was it? There uh. was a kid in my neighborhood uh, who had the paper out, Ricky Burbage. And one of 10 kids. And I, he smoked. And I said, hey, can I have one of those? And he goes... I'll give you a cigarette for every 20 newspapers you deliver. I'm like, okay. Huh. Really? <laughs> Pretty smart right. kid. Yeah, that is not, that's not bad yeah. at all, actually. Oh. Tying two topics together, Wendy from the uh, chat Wendy, Wendy. just recommended The Velvet Hamster. Which she is good at picking TV series, I will tell you that. It's actually a site that's along the same vein as Babylon Bee. Oh, she's good at that stuff. And uh, talking about cults of personality... Here's one of their headlines. British tabloids ask Meghan and Harry to stop contacting them. <laughs> that is good. That's a pretty good it's one. It's called the Velvet what? what? Velvet Hamster. I don't get the name. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. This Did very quickly. Did something do with the Velvet Underground or something? Oh, maybe. Uh, this from the Babylon Bee. Scientists who didn't predict a single thing accurately for the last two months confident they know what the weather's going to be like in a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love these sites. These sites have changed COVID nineteen for me. Yeah, and isolation yeah. because I've laughed every day because the Babylon Bee and now it'll be the Velvet Hamster. Uh, was it Hard Times? Hard Times hard is times, like yeah. for musicians. Uh huh. It's funny as hell. Okay, Timmy's here. Doug's here, Andy's here, and you're all listening. Uh, full disclosure, uh, full confession. I've tried and tried and tried. I cannot watch Ozark. Oh, you don't like? Really? I hate I everyone in that show. Every one of them. Really? A 
I'm surprised because uh, well, it, it kind of feels like Justified, but it's not as funny. Justified no, could be it, really just, funny. Justified was very but funny. But the characters are just all equally evil. You know, the, recently, Mike, Brian, and I, when, when season three came out, we were texting back and forth all weekend. As you know, he, I, I'd seen it all already, and then he was starting to catch the episode. We're both big fans. Oh, I know. Most people are, but I, every person on the show pisses me off. Yeah, I have well, a hard time with shows like that. Like, uh, Melissa and I finally started trying to watch Deadwood. Yeah. And Can't it's just one of those either. shows where it's like, you know, if a nuclear bomb went off in the town of Deadwood, I wouldn't care at all. That's God, exactly I, what see, I'm talking I, about. That's, my, one of, that's probably my favorite TV series Deadwood? of all time. I mm. think it's absolutely brilliant. That's because I look like Ian McShane, that's why. A little that's, bit. That's got to be why. That's true. I mean, it's, it's almost, if Shakespeare grew up in a whorehouse and was an alcoholic in the West, he would have written Deadwood. <laughs> I mean, forget about those no Ian McShane monologues. Those are straight oh, Shakespeare. He's amazing. He with, amazing. With cocksucker thrown in every point. Yeah, yeah for real. <laughs> that's true. That's, fair. that's exactly what it is, too. But I understand what Andy's saying. i got to find one good guy. Yeah, or I have good to care about anyone. But uh, just you know, I don't care you didn't about like anyone. Calamity Jane, the alcoholic lesbian. Calamity Jane, was, she's, pretty, like she's pretty likable. I did like her. Yes, you're right. I could watch Deadwood, but I cannot. I'll watch Ozark, but I'm having a real hard time. Look, I think Jason Bateman's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think too. almost everybody in it is really good. It's very well written. But these people are such pricks, and it's all about the <laughs> lust for money, which well, drives then me. Then you nuts. would hate Succession because they're they're even oh. worse. I heard that's really oh. good. They're though. just completely miserable. Oh, we got to take oh a break. my we'll god, they are ten times worse than the people in Ozark. <laughs> we Except will be for right. the, yeah, I mean, there's some bad people. In, in in Ozark, but Succession, the lust for money, you're right, Doug. It's amazing. But that's a true story, isn't it? I don't... Well, I, It's based they, on they a real they, family. Yeah, they based it on uh, Rupert Murdoch and Sumner Redstone. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. There you go. We'll take a break. Be right back. More with Timmy Lammers, Doug Sprinthal, and the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XChat Gap, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. 
and let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Ooh, speaking of knocking on heaven's door, by the way, from the Babylon Bee, as nation reopens, churches having to remind people to put on their pants. <laughs> Everybody's sitting around the house with yep. no pants on. Is that what they're trying to say? Everyone's doing the Zoom church. The Zoom church. That's exactly right. So, Timmy, yes, uh, Wendy recommended Prodigal Son. We've been watching it. I understand the final episode of the first season is unbelievably good. Uh, there are 21 or 22 episodes, so we're about 18 away. We, we're trying to hold back. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, watch three, four episodes a day. I just want to watch maybe mm. one, maybe two at the most. It's a good show, really good show. Well, yeah, you know, and I haven't started on that one yet, but I know um, uh, I was talking about um, season two of Afterlife, and Doug uh, said on Facebook, you, you, he caught the first two episodes at the time, but. That's a hard show not to plow through in a night. Yeah, yeah. Only I, I, I pace myself. I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. So did you get through it all then? No, we've got, I think, one or two left. Yeah, it gets even better throughout the, the... The first three are great. The last three are phenomenal. The interesting thing about it is, and you certainly know... Tom, you saw the first season, right? Of Afterlife, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's that psychiatrist character. That oh God, he's unbelievable. He's just very, horrible. very uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> he's deal with him. Well, and, all he uh, talks about is picking up chicks and like gross eighteen-year-old guy stuff in therapy. And there's yeah, a bar I mean, scene where Ricky Gervais and his brother-in-law run into him, and they're like grabbing their crotches and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and it's the guy's therapist. It, it's so funny because these characters feel so real that you forget that. You know what? Ricky Gervais actually wrote all of that for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Ricky, as far as his acting is concerned, I think he's hilarious. But in these last few episodes, the dr- dramatic range that this guy shows is it's unbelievable. It's like, man, this guy can do everything. My favorite scenes, and I, really I, think I, t- I think I told you this, are the graveside scenes where he's sitting on the bench with Penelope Wilton. If you know who she is, she was the... Uh, oh, yeah. younger sister in uh, Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. This sen- sen- sensible shoes one. And she's lost her husband, and she's trying to help Ricky Gervais navigate this, and those scenes are just so touching. There's just so many touching scenes. I mean, there's the office workers, and that's the other thing. I mean, again, people from all walks, I mean, it, the, the casting is spot on, you know, but there's, yeah, there, and then, of course, being said in Britain, that big uh, word that begins with a C is tossed around. Oh, oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially, there's. I just teased this by saying, Tom, there's, there's a scene with a hundred-year-old woman, um, and I think it's the first episode, and you are going to be on the floor laughing. It's so funny. But the, put, put it this way, the word, the C word is mentioned often in that scene. Yeah, I could see that. They do love that word. And it doesn't really mean the same oh, thing. Oh, no, there. not even. No, it doesn't. Even, it doesn't, no, it but doesn't. It, it still shocks you, doesn't it, though, um, hearing it the it's, way it's, they throw it around? It's kind right. of equivalent to calling somebody a dickhead in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. What, so what did the word, where did that word come from, and what did it mean anyway? It's a very old word. I know that Oh, much. is it really old? I think it does go back to, like, Shakespearean times. If not older, yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, really? 
Middle English, which is like I think, I think that that's even before Shakespeare. That's like uh, the uh, Canterbury Tales, old stuff. But uh, let's see, it probably comes from Germanic Kunta, which is Old Norse. So that would be back to the ninth century. So basically, every European language has some variety of it. And they don't know what it meant in Old Norse because they didn't oh, do a whole lot yeah. of, you know, record keeping back then. <laughs> Couldn't but, yeah, not being able to write was a big problem. Well, they had the runes, but, so, you know. Yeah. Wait a second. They only could say axe and kill, so, you know. So why in in that one thing, what was it called? Well, the guy's name was Kunta Kinte. Oh, Kunta yeah. Kinte? Why would the they name him Kunta knowing that? Roots, yeah, there yep. you go. Why would they name him something they know they don't use to? Well, I don't know. It's actually whatever. kind of a good question because yeah, he wasn't a they? real person, I don't think. Let's call is it Alex Haley? Yeah. Alex Haley, yeah. I think That's he exactly was, right. I think he's a McAllister grad, by the way, so he probably have him oh. on the Rolodex somewhere. I'll give him a ring. Oh, well thank you. I, I think you're right, Doug. Yeah, oh. I think so. There so is some Al. sort of Minnesota roots there. Yeah. Yeah, the real Kunta Quinte was named Keba Kanga Fofana. Why did they go Kebakana Fafanda? I like that. Bana, bana, bobana. Yeah, I was going to say. Frankie Frankie Avalon. Avalon. Uh, yeah. Is that where they got Frankie Avalon from? <laughs> Kebby Fafana? I like it. There's oh. nothing wrong with that name. What the hell? Keep the neck. What is it? Kebby? Uh, I've already closed it. Something oh, like that. Uh, no big deal. So, Timmy, well, did, you, um, this Timmy is actually... did you do your homework? I did my homework, Doug. Uh-oh. And I was going to say, uh, you know, if you want to go to something uh, funny and. You know, thinking about it, they really didn't swear a lot in that movie, did they? No. I, I find, I've been guilting him into watching One-Eyed Jimmy, and he finally yeah. watched it, I think. I am glad, though, because, you know, obviously you see people... This is 1994, 93, and everybody looks like a kid. Steve Buscemi looks oh, like yeah, a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Nick Turturro, John Turturro, who's very funny in, the, in his scene as the disco dancer <laughs> explaining how One-Eyed Jimmy got his name... <laughs> Um, but um, there's oh, another actor in there in a great Netflix series called Mindhunter. His name is Holt McElhaney. He's the filmmaker. Oh, the guy okay. with a bandana on his head. Yep. And you, you, at first you don't recognize him because he's got the sunglasses on. It's like, okay. And then I saw his name in the cast. I thought, well, oh, my God, that's him. And then he takes the sunglasses off eventually. But he's in it, too. I mean, so many people. It, well, Sam Rockwell, which you mentioned already. I mean, he didn't get on our radar until 1999 with Galaxy Quest. So this was five years before mm. that. That guy's been around forever, too. But he was a kid in this one, a very small part. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was Yeah, because he was trapped terrific. in the laundry room for the whole film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just opened the door. You know, he wouldn't want to do that. But that wise guy stuff, I mean, that, you know, obviously that's a world away from this, you know, shit-kicking farm boy, you know, from rural Minnesota. But, you know, it is fun to see that section of life that goes on probably to this day well i'm glad i'm glad you enjoyed it because i think it's just a beautiful little movie that's nobody's ever seen or heard of right seventy three thousand dollars at the box office Ooh, so it was open for a weekend yeah hey i'd take seventy three thousand dollars well you know what's amazing is is that obviously some of these names are established already sam jackson it you know it's weird because i see the theatrical release was actually 1996 but I, I think it probably opened at a film festival in 94. Now, 
94 was Sam Jackson's breakout year, even though he was around for a long time. I mean, Pulp Fiction was his breakout, really. So it's amazing how you can get a guy in a film like that in the same year he did Pulp Fiction. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's fun to go back, and it's, what, 26 years now, yeah. to see all these, these performers as fresh-faced kids, really. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I hate to pimp something really hard and then have somebody go, yeah, it's the worst pile of crap I've seen all year. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Because that happens, right? It probably it happens to you a lot because it's your job, right? Well, yeah, and, you know, we, it's funny because I was telling Doug how you got to see inside Lewin Davis and everything, and you told me it was, you just thought it was okay. Yeah, I, mean, I did. You know, you know so it's, it, the, the, thing, the problem with that movie is, is that uh, Oscar Isaac, basically, he's a very unlikable character. Right. Really, uh, that was the, really when you need don't a protagonist like the, you can get behind. Right. Unless 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 he's an evil villain, uh, a protagonist that you don't like is it's hard to warm up to the film. That uh, it yeah, was well he's, done. He's an a hole. He's a mooch. You know, he's always crashing on somebody's couch. He's always borrowing money. You know, he's just and and again, his great misfortune was he was the guy before Bob Dylan. You know, right. it finally caught on with Bob Dylan, but no, he happened to be the guy before Bob Dylan. So, you know, to me, that that sort of story is fascinating to me. The scene with John—it's all about timing. The scene with John Goodman shooting heroin in the uh, oasis just outside of Illinois, of uh, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, well, was priceless. Oh God, yeah, Goodman is in it. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There's a Isn't it? A, is it a federal law that he has to be in every Coen Brothers movie? Yeah, it's I, true. I think so, but he he adds so much, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, my God, he's great. So, yeah, I, I thought it was terrific. And, you know, Cassie actually reminded me of another movie that, okay, I'm assigning you homework and Tommy. Okay, write and it down. Because homework. here it comes. It's a movie called Pirate Radio. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it, Bill Nye, yep. a bunch of Ken Branagh, Emma Thompson, and it, I, I rem- like, it's based on a true story, right? Correct, correct. It's about these pirate England? radio ships yep. in England. And the, the music is phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful film. And there's another one from a while ago. It was on Amazon for free for a while. And I don't know if it is anymore, but if you still get a chance, it's called Still Crazy, about a, a 70s rock group that, you know, they hated each other as most rock groups do. Uh, but then they reunite 25 years later, and that's another great film. But uh, you know, we talked a week or two ago. I'd watched the Big Lebowski with the kids, and I, you know, I'd forgot Philip Seymour Hoffman had a bit part in that. And I just, and it also reminded me how much I miss him. He, what a terrific actor he was. was. <clears throat> You're right. Oh, it just breaks your heart. Well, you got to see Pirate Radio then. Because okay. It's, he's terrific in everything, but boy, he really he's is extraordinary in this. Okay, I've written it down. Awesome. And I'll be reminding you that your homework is due before the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> a little homework. Uh, Catherine and I are going to be looking for a movie to watch tonight, I would think, because, you know, Fridays I take off now for the next, what is there left, 13 Fridays I think I have to take off to support the company. Uh, sure. Well, the system. one that I referred this morning, I mean, the last full measure is yeah, she'd extraordinary. Yeah, she and I know, you know, I, like it, it took you a while to get into, you know, finally watching 1917. Um, you know, this is a story about heroism much in the same way. You know, it's, a, it's another story about selflessness. You know, and I would imagine it would be a very difficult film for people to watch. Um, but at the same time, it tells a true story. 
of somebody that I wasn't aware of, so I feel all the better for seeing it, you know, and telling other people to see it. But really, and that, oddly enough, Sam Jackson is in that one as a Vietnam veteran because you you do realize in um, One-Eyed Jimmy that he is a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. That was kind of weird that, oh, my God, I just watched that last night, and then we're talking about this. It's just, oh, my God, that's right. So, but uh, you know, Ed Harris, Christopher Plummer and Diane Ladder, the the uh, it's a it's a paratrooper, a jumper, who um, saved sixty lives on the ground during this bloody God. battle in Vietnam. He had a chance to get away, but he waved off the chopper, and then he ended up dying. So the purpose um, for this uh, Pentagon official is to get his medal upgraded from an Air Force Cross to the Medal of honor yes and a lot of bureaucratic red tape i mean the stories it's interesting what these people had to go through it took 33 years for it to happen but uh, a film that did three million dollars in theaters cost 20 million to make didn't cost a lot but again a great cast william hertz also in it and it just didn't do anything so I, i really hope people start to see it we will take a break. Be right back. One more segment with Timmy Lammers and Doug Sprinthal, of course, is here with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We're really rocking out now, man. Yeah. Speaking of rocking out, maybe Officer Dave can clarify something if he's listening. Is D. Snyder going to sing with ACDC? Because apparently Dad doesn't like that idea. I would not go for that idea at all. They had two of the greatest singers ever. Uh, Officer Dave texted in and said that D. Snyder started a petition for ACDC to perform at the Super Bowl right. halftime show. <clears throat> right. But we don't know if that means he's actually going to be involved or not. If anybody else knows, they can call in That's or true. text in to the talk and text line mm-hmm. 561-228-4061. What do you think of that action? we got it covered from all angles. We do. Well, I'm just wondering. I mean, look, D. Snyder, he really has milked, what, two hits? Yeah, yeah we're not going to yeah. take it and... Uh, what was the other one? I want to rock. I want to rock. Yep. I mean, great songs. Don't get me wrong, but it's like God. Oh, Officer Dave talk calling. about staying power. Officer Dave, but never breaks up any crime because he calls into this show. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it goes? <laughs> Officer Dave, are you there? This is the bad signal. I swear to God. You got a bad signal. <laughs> you sound okay. 
No, it was the bat signal. Bat signal. Oh, Commissioner Gordon. Bat. Oh, the bat signal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was that? Bat. Yes. Oh, it's the same old stuff, Tom. You know it. So no, Dee Snyder was not going to sing. He would petition to have Brian do the singing. Okay. Can he? Can Brian sing anymore? Brian can sing. It's just he doesn't want to do the touring because of hearing. Oh, hearing is bad. Oh, I see. I thought he was having trouble with his yep. voice too, not just his hearing, but his no, voice it was, as well. No, it was his hearing. Yep. I see. I love that. That's I love ACDC and I love Brian. Brian is one of the best guests we've we've had him on KQ several times. He's just a great guest because he's got such a hey, me son. I got a ride in a Rolls Royce. I bought a Rolls Royce, you know. And I said, "Why did you?" Yep. Because he told me the only chance in his hometown he would have ever gotten to ride in a Rolls Royce is that they have a hearse. That's a Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> so he yep. bought one to make sure he'd get a ride in it while he was still alive. That was my, one of my great uncle it. Doug's favorite jokes. What was that? Lad, I bought a new car. It's a Rose Canardly. It says, Rose Canardly? Yeah, Rose got Rose downhill. Canardly go up. <laughs> like it. Works That's for a me. joke from awesome. 1920. I understand. Well, <laughs> the best. It is indeed. Well, thank, you guys are the best. Thanks, Officer Dave. You're welcome, guys. Good, Take care. Guten Tag, as they say. Exactly. It's all true. Timmy. That worked pretty yes, well. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's kind of an odd sound, but... I think that might have just been, you know, cell phone interacting yeah, with probably internet, etc. Probably true. So, Timmy, what else you got cooking, Pally? Well, you know, it was interesting. We were talking this morning about uh, AMC uh, theaters blocking Universal and uh, Cinemark, or not Cinemark, one of those, uh, another one, a major studio, I mean, I mean major theater uh, carrier. But Universal is not backing down. No, they're not. So Too much money to be made. What is the fight, what's the fight all about, what Tim? They did. Sorry. I'm sorry, what was that? What, what is the battle all about? I don't really understand that. Well, okay, so the, 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 Trolls World Tour was supposed to play in theaters. Mm-hmm. In fact, they uh, when James Bond, that picture, backed out of the April 10th slot, to uh, the November slot because they knew at that time they, there was no way they were going to play overseas because you know the COVID nineteen had already taken over China and that would have been a big market for them so they vacated that slot. Trolls moved up a week to take that slot and then all of a sudden theaters closed. So Universal uh, pretty much well they they said well we can't play it here we're gonna we're gonna take it right to the video on demand. Well that ticked up the theater owners because if they you know if they did what the other theater owners are doing. I mean, the other studios are doing and postponing the release. That means at least they're guaranteed some sort of <laughs> revenue when it comes out. But instead, they they skipped that uh, theatrical window, went straight to video on demand, and uh, and uh, Universal said, "Hey, guess what? We made a hundred million dollars doing this." And I think that was the the final straw. And then they came on and said, okay, guess what? When when theaters are open again, we're not going to be playing your films. Okay, I get it. See, I, I read the story just really briefly, and I thought that they were refusing to run them because they thought the product itself was terrible. So this is all No, about, no. This is, if that were the case, then there wouldn't be a lot of stuff playing yeah, yeah, in the yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it makes <laughs> perfect sense now. I just missed the part where they uh, directly released something that the theater owners could have, or companies could have made a lot of money on. 
Yeah, well, yeah, the theater owners stood to make a lot, but they they uh, obviously aren't going to get that opportunity with Trolls, nor are they going to get the opportunity with the King of Staten Island, which is another universal picture. But I, I told Tom the thing that's complicating things now is that Warner Brothers is going to do it too this month with their new animated Scooby-Doo movie. So are they going to say, okay, you're violating the unwritten agreement about not going to video until 90 days after it's played in theaters? Are they going to block Univer- or, or Warner Brothers now? So how long before you know another studio goes straight to video on demand? Yeah. <clears throat> and, and again, yeah. ultimately, the theaters won't have anything to play if they're going to block everybody from doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm on the theater owner side here. They, they're not making any money. At least right. the studios are making money, but theater owners are, it's got to be brutal for them right now. Yeah, you could do curbside carryout with $15 buckets of popcorn. Well, yeah, I mean, look, and I'm not <laughs> yeah, against that. Go. Honestly, that's, that's the only doing. way they're pl- they're, that some of these theaters are paying their employees that are still left. You know, and I think that's a great idea. But there was a uh, story, and I brought this up a while ago. I don't know if on the podcast, for sure on KQ. There was a a model that was proposed four years ago, um, backed by Spielberg and J.J. Abrams and Peter Jackson, where you could get uh, some equipment. You could buy it for 150 bucks, so you could prevent pirating. But then you could get the major films in your home the same day they came out in theaters for $50 a crack. Now, the big uh, incentive there was theater owners would get like 40% of the cut of that. So the theater owners were still happy that way. But now, the way I understand it is, they're not getting anything out of whatever's playing on video on demand. So wait, I don't... How is, to the consumer, how is that any better than just getting it on streaming? Well, because they're getting it a lot earlier than they, they thought they were going to get it. They're paying more, but if you're only paying $20, you can look at it like, well, if I took my me and one of my kids, yeah. that's how much we'd pay for two tickets to get into the door. Oh, so it's basically like getting the reels at home. Basically, yeah, you're just mm. getting, you know, they, they skip theaters altogether, and they're going to say, you know, look, this was a high-profile film that we were going to release in theaters. We want you to see it, but it, they're they're dubbing it premium video on demand, uh, where you pay twenty bucks for a certain time until maybe after I don't know how how long before they actually drop the price. But it's it potentially may change the industry, and if people are used to and and loving stuff at home, is it gonna, are people going to want to go back to movies? That's that's the big fear with the theater owners. Well, they're, if they want to succeed, they're definitely going to have to look at why it didn't last last time with Divix, because it sounds very, very similar. Oh, you remind me, what was Divix again? Same thing, basically. Uh, you had a Divix and like a box that could uh, decode the Divix DVDs, which were movies that came out like you know, like that soon after release. But the main flaw there was that after 48 hours, I think it was, the discs wouldn't work anymore because it was a way to get a movie early at home but not, like, own the movie, basically. So it was like Mission Impossible, the tape would self-destruct? Yeah, basically. <laughs> you done it. We had a DivX player when I was a kid in, huh. the, uh, in the barn, and 
Yeah, we used it for a while, but just the fact that, you know, you can basically watch it one time and then it doesn't work anymore by design. People just, they were like, what, what's the point? Why am I paying, you know, two, $300 for a DivX decoder so I can pay more for a one-time movie? It just didn't make any sense. It sounds very similar to this, though, which they're going to have to tread carefully if they want to make that work. Yeah, so, I mean, right now we have um, uh, AMC, which is huge. Regal is the other theater chain. I was thinking Cinemark or Cinem, whatever. Right. Uh, and they're apparently the second largest chain in the world. So how long before the other theater chains say, okay, we're, we're with these guys? Yeah. What do they have to lose? They don't have anything to lose at this point because they're, they're already getting hit hard. Well, if they want theaters to matter like they used to, then they're just going to have to try to deliver an experience unlike anything you can get at home because that's what a theater was to begin with. It's you know Everyone had a TV. Everyone could watch movies on TV whenever they broadcast, but the TVs were tiny and the sound wasn't great, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the reason theaters started in the first place so if they want to keep on going they're going to have to keep that up as something you can't get at home well and like difficult. tommy said this morning no phones in the damn theater no phones out of your pocket honestly if they Done. just make the entire theater a big faraday cage that's not a horrible idea yeah, although it's probably <laughs> illegal because then you couldn't dial 911 so damn it well if you go to the alamo house uh that is in, they only have one in Woodbury right now. They will give you one shot, and they catch you, they'll toss you out. Works for me. That. But so that requires think, paying someone to, you know, paying the hawk to survey the land. Yeah. So, there you have it. Yeah. You all set, Timmy? I am all set. Yeah. So, yeah, Tommy, once the theater's open again, that's one place you can go at least again. And then, then they they have a full menu and everything there. So that'll be your a nice haven for you. Uh, you know, a lot of theaters are are like that now, but I know that Alamo Draft House definitely has that no cell phone policy. Right. No, no question about it. All right, Timmy, we'll talk to you next week. All right. And, Doug, uh, you got your homework. We'll talk about I got it next sir. week. <laughs> okay, have a great Thank weekend, you. everybody. You too. Thanks very much. We will take a break, ladies and gentlemen. Come back. Car selling secrets with a very special guest coming up next.